0: Hi guys and welcome to the Fights at Boxing Podcast, I'm Lukash as always and yeah, a couple of things to talk about this week not the not the most outrageously uh, exciting week in the world but there are a couple of things to talk about Anthony Joshua returned, um, you know, um, his first fight after losing to Usyk um, and there are a couple of things to talk about there you know, his performance attracted comment, let's put it that way and I've got a few opinions of my own so I'll go into that and then I will talk about um, Rabesi Ramirez versus Isaac Dogbe because that also happened And I'm a fan of both guys uh, That fight, you know, it, it was a bit one-sided But, you know, let's let's go into that as well uh, I won't be talking about Any of the rest of the Joshua card Because just nothing very interesting happened And I won't be talking about um, Anything else on the other card On the dog pay card Because I was asleep and I didn't see it uh, <laughs> So that's that I do understand that uh, there were a few Interesting performances from some of the young fighters um, And a really interesting co-main event um but uh yeah I just haven't had the chance to see them yet, so so I can't talk about them. But yeah, actually Joshua. Let's you know, let's talk about him, his fight against uh Jermaine Franklin. You know, my thought going in is uh, that just that like, Franklin didn't really have anything for him and that Joshua was gonna, you know, win easily, and he did, um, win pretty comfortably. Uh his performance was uh, I do think this is a thing I do want to talk about because a lot of people have come out really down about his performance, and uh, there are reasons to be concerned. But there are also things that he was clearly learning, and to some extent, there were things that uh, maybe Franklin was the wrong opponent to be trying to bed them in again against. So, um, so you know, let's talk about that. First things first. Yes, Joshua was. He did look pensive or I would say he wasn't throwing the combinations, you know, he wasn't going forward the way you, people want him to go back to the way he was before Klitschko and before Ruiz, you know, I don't think he's ever going to be that guy again. And I don't think it's just because he's scared, of, you know, he's scared of getting hit. It, it, that's, uh, I think he's more worried about his gas tank than anything else. Um, and also, he's just you know, it's just not the right way for him to fight. He's never going to be a bulldozer against the highest level of opposition. And in terms of that, you know, he could have gone on and bombed Franklin out possibly. But uh, what he was doing in this fight was, um, yeah, he was doing new shit. He's with a new trainer, um, Derek James. And while he's never going, you know, he's not going to be Errol Spence like this in and out machine. Uh, there were certain things he was learning that I think are new to him. Um, the main and the main reason that this fight was so meh was because for me um one of the things joshua was trying to do was be a fighter who sets traps and gets his opponents to come to him not you know counter as well uh, like a straight up counter punching but just getting his opponent to make the first move so that then joshua can respond and uh, um you know whether he's whether his opponent throws the first punch or not um uh, but, you know, letting his opponent think he's got the initiative and then you know, intercepting him, whatever. And uh, Franklin was the wrong dude to do that against because after that two rounds, Franklin had no interest in winning the fight. He was just there to go 12. Uh, which did not say he was running or anything, or that he stopped fighting. But... Um, but he was taking as many minimal possible risks as Joshua and, you know, more so because Franklin was clearly not winning most of the rounds and yet he didn't up his tempo and there was, you know, it was an ugly fight. There was a lot of clinching and holding and there was a lot of, you know, posing at each other at range almost, you know, but, um, but yeah, Joshua just basically, you know, he never looked like losing. And, uh, on, on top of that stuff that I just mentioned about the traps he was also introducing a couple of new things in terms of his movement um for me there was you know it wasn't amazing but there was more lateral movement he was taking more angled steps cutting the ring off a bit more which you know he could have put that together with uh with the old style combinations but you know he didn't um he was cutting off the room a bit more taking angle steps and he was and this is important this is the thing that I've always ragged on Joshua for and I'm not saying he departed from it in a major way but he was throwing shots imperfectly basically you know I've, the thing I've talked about with Joshua again and again is that he hamstrings himself by always throwing each shot in the exact same way, and if he's off a little bit off balance, or not even off balance, but just a little bit out of his perfect form, um, he doesn't really want to throw the punch. And not only that, it makes him more predictable even when he is in form because he's always throwing the exact same, he's always making the exact same movement, the punch always comes the exact same way. And there was new shit here, there was, you know, there was um, in particular like a little step across right hand where he'd come in close and throw a really short right hand uh, that caught Franklin up a few times. um, He just I don't remember him Having that in his arsenal before You know He's always looking for The mid-range straights, And then when he gets in close It's like little uppercuts And things Little uppercuts Just uppercuts um, And things like that And uh, Yeah so There was just more Imperfect shots Like shots where He'd take a step And he didn't wait to be Back in his completely Perfect upright stance Before he threw his shot And that Could be important You know I don't think it's going to elevate him to the level he can beat Tyson Fury if that fight ever comes together um or Usuki if a rematch ever came but um but it's a good skill for him to be learning. and the trap setting the my view of what he was doing as trap setting that's important for him too because if you have to Joyce for example um he's never going to go 12 with Joyce and he isn't going to win a slugfest with Joyce but drawing Joyce on getting Joyce to come at him and Joyce will come at him um, and then cracking with something as he moves that's something joshua could potentially be uh you know exploit injuries and uh even though franklin wasn't the guy that was he was going to look good doing that against it's still something that he can practice and and bring that into fights fights with better fighters so we'll see you know it's basically I understand why people came out of this being concerned, but I saw people just claiming he should retire. And uh, yeah, no, uh, he sh- it's way too early for that. You know, he's he 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 looks in an odd place mentally, um, but uh, but yeah, I do think people uh, were essentially reading too much into his body language and not enough into what was actually happening. Um, so so yeah. And look, don't get me wrong. What was actually happening was not in any way perfect. It was a bad fight. It wasn't very interesting. I'm not going to talk about it for very long. Um, but um, and the worst, you know, there were things that were missing. He could have used the the jab. You know, he has a decent jab. He wasn't using it particularly connected to his game. I would say. And uh, you know, if he is going to be a trap setting fighter, he can still. He doesn't have to commit to it all the all the damn time. He can still go. A, be be more aggressive when he feels the openings are there. Um you know, and if he's gonna be that guy, he does have to add more just refinement to it as well. You know, if he's gonna be a more mobile guy, this wasn't a very early early prototype of that, and he has to, you know, if he's gonna be a guy who takes angled steps and things, he has to keep on with that. And he does have to consider that He's a big guy with a big square frame, and I've never been convinced about the way he moves. Just regarding, he's not flexible, and you know being muscle bound is kind of a you know a bit of a myth. This idea that you can have so many muscles that you can't move like it takes a lot to for that to be literally the case. Like uh, there are bigger boxers than Joshua, uh, you know, broader boxers than Joshua, who who's a Flexibility is fine, If like you watch Anthony yard fight um he's almost as broad as Joshua despite being about like four inches shorter um he moves fine he's not over you know it's not it's, i don't think it's a case of Joshua you know just having packed on too much muscle, just something about the way the, the mechanics of his the way he's taught himself to move to box um and if she's gonna be a more lateral fighter, that's gonna be an issue just because his chin will be more findable as he steps around, you know, blah blah blah. So he has to add the tools to his game. If he can't become more flexible, then he has to add other things to his game, you know, knowing how to keep his hands up, uh, keep himself so protected. All of that stuff. There's just so, like there's a lot to improve, but uh you know, it wasn't by any means a Terrible performance. It wasn't a good one by any means. Like it was just—I mean, it was a bad performance in terms of it was boring and and uninteresting, frankly. But, but but there was stuff there to to look at to to be positive about potentially for the future. I'll put it that way. Like if you took it just on its own, like this is supposed to be the final product of what Antony Joshua was aiming for, um then I'd be worried. And if I thought that Joshua isn't going to be improving anything from here on out, then I would be worried. But I just don't think that's the case. Like, I think he's in his first camp with a new trainer. He's teaching him, teaching him a bunch of new shit. Yeah, he'll be fine. Like, he's not... He Again, if your... If your thought for success for Joshua is what him being, training himself to be good enough to beat Tarzan Fury and uh, Alexander Usyk, and that should be his aim. Um, so he should be concerned, sure. But... um But if your thoughts for for him are that, then, you know, he's never going to be good enough. But it doesn't have to be just that, so... Yeah. Okay, I'm just kind of rambling on and repeating myself here. There's just not that much to say about that fight. Uh, Franklin is... Quite frankly not an interesting fighter. Um, Jermaine Franklin is... He's... uh, That's disrespectful, I know, but... um, Because he's game and he comes to... I mean, he, he he comes to fight initially, and then afterwards he was suffi- surviving more. Like uh, like I said, he wasn't really trying to win. But, um, you know, he's got his skills. He's he's tough to beat. Uh, he's, you know, he's in no way incompetent. Uh, and Joshua could have... There are far easier fights Joshua could have taken. But there just isn't much to say about him. Like, there isn't anything that Franklin does that makes you go, OK, this was going to be tricky for Joshua or, you know... This he might find something out about Joshua in this way. It was he was just kind of. Almost a perfect opponent. Not in the terms of. You know making him look good. Because obviously he didn't. But. um, Anything Joshua did was going to be enough. And it was. You know. It was a relatively good test. Like it. It wasn't a walkover or anything. But. Just there wasn't anything he had. To test Joshua apart from being tough. So. Okay, that is quite frankly enough of that fight. And uh, you know, there's a reason I didn't preview it, and there's a reason I you know it's just not it was just wasn't interesting. I don't have anything to talk about, so I am going to move on to two fighters who I do find much more interesting. That's Roberto Ramirez and Isaac Doc who fought on a, well after this fight on <laughs> apparently very late on Sunday evening. Oh, I know it's very late on Sunday evening, but in American time because I caught it when I woke up. Um, even though I woke up at seven a.m. Um, Local like time here, so it, it it was a pretty late card. Um, like I say, you know, I'll preface by saying there were like a, the co main event was apparently very good between Chiric Tarlet and um, Jose Enrique Vivas. Apparently, that was very good. Uh, turn around, uh, Tajito. Um, I will catch up at some stage, but you know, I'm not going to do a podcast about it or anything. But, um, yeah, apparently, that's a fight worth catching up on. But the main event was, uh, like I say, Ramirez versus Dog Bay. Um, I'm a fan of Ramirez for his slick Cuban style, where um, his extremely arrogant way of fighting, um, but being a bit more aggressive than your typical Cuban fighter, you know, when you think about your uh, your Eres and Lilaras or your um, well, Rokondo, obviously. He's uh, he's more aggressive than that, but he is at the same time no Gamboa or Dave Morrell. is um, Gamboa or Dave Morel, He is still a fighter capable of not stinking the joint out, like I haven't seen a fight where I was like, this is just completely horrible. But here it's also not necessarily gonna take risks going for the kill. But and I will get to why he is for me an always entertaining fighter. Um Dog Bay I'm a fan of just because he never gives up. He's an aggressive fighter. Um he goes forward incessantly. <laughs> he does leave himself vulnerable doing that um and he has been you know beaten up quite badly before by navarrote Um a few I think it was a couple of divisions down and a few years ago he got he took a real two real heavy beatings against Navarrote, But he's fought his way back. Um I mean I would say he's a better fighter now than he was then. He's still flawed in quite a lot of ways. And it's also fair to say that, although in my opinion, Robesio Ramirez is a lot better than Averate. He's also not as directly badly matched up to Dog Bay, or rather as positively matched up to Dog Bay. Um, so so Dog Bay didn't take as much of a hellacious beating or anything, but he lost pretty clearly. Um, Okay, let's talk about the styles. Um, Dog Bay's style is—he's an aggressive fighter. Come forward. He throws. His attack is good. Like there, there's no two ways about it. As that Dog Bay throws punches well. Um, he has a bunch. You know, he's not a super predictable fighter in terms of you know. He, there's a bunch of different things he can do. He doesn't just come in with the same combination all the time. Um, you know, he can throw all of the punches in the book and uh, he throws in the combination and he has improved muchly coming in with head movements, switching his head from side to side behind a jab. He was a new trainer, Barry Hunter, who, um, you know, he he had been with his dad and that was clearly limiting him. Apparently I've heard rumours that there's been some, you know, falling out there. I don't know if that's true, but his dad is no longer in his corner. I know that. Um, And yeah, he's clearly, you know, he's improved. He's become a more technically sound fighter he does still come over his feet very badly when he comes forward sometimes um and rubesi ramirez was very much taking advantage of that um and it's not just that he's vulnerable when he's throwing but if you step back and slide away he has to gather himself and follow up you know the commentators were repeatedly questioning why dog bow was getting close and then not um not throwing and the reason for that was rubesi ramirez is sliding back just enough that Dog Bay no longer had his feet with him, and he had to re gather himself before he could do anything more. And, you know, in that sense, Dog Bay was doing the right thing that he didn't used to do. He's improved because, um, there would have been a point when he would have just chased those punches and got himself fucked up. And he knew he had to recalibrate, he knew not to keep throwing when he was unbalanced, he knew how to do it, but it did cost him attacks, and, uh, yeah, that was the problem for him, really. Um, uh, Roberto Ramirez's footwork is really good the reason I really like watching Ramirez is the way he's capable of standing right in front of his opponent and having to throw punches at him while he's got his hands down and uh, see them winging past his head it is fair to say that in that, this, that sense Dog Bay was clearly more of a test for him than normal because he couldn't really do that he, you know there were a couple of times where he did it but he did have to you know move his actually move his head um, point being is that he has excellent positioning where he can just stand himself against a certain level of opponent and just kind of be where they can't hit him properly um and he could do that against dog but he's just got too many punches he moves too well um so he had to actually take evasive action or put his gloves up um which you know <laughs> it's not as fun to watch but it's it was a bigger test of his uh of his um skills than we've seen so far and yeah, it, it says you know it says good things about Dog Bay, but it says good things about Ramirez that he was able to, uh, he didn't rely on this, this particular style, and it's still got a cocky ass style. You know, it's it, um, he's still pr- properly baiting his opponents to do uh, to throw at him um, seemingly open and then punish them for it, which is you know the Cuban way. Um, but he did, yeah, he did have to be more. Aware and not even more aware because he's always aware, but more cautious. Um, what he does have is insane accuracy. Um, he is very one handed and very well, not one. Well, yeah, he I mean, he has a jab and he uses it sometimes, but he's very much he barely uses his right hand being a southpaw, he barely uses his right hand as a, you know for power shots or anything. He's just looking for the left and he does that, throws that left in. huge huge you know bunch of ways it's not it's not just one of those guys you know conor mcgrohe style is always just looking for the the big one big straight left you know uh, with right uh, ryan garcia with his um with a couple of shots you know he has a left hook and the right straight right um you know he has a lot more going on than that but he is looking for one big shot with the left hand all the time whether it be an uppercut or a check or straight left or uh, you know hook to the body he has all of them in his pocket but he is looking for one one at a time a lot of the time and I would like to see more from him in that respect you know see him put combinations together see him use more throwaways because even there he he relies a lot on positioning um, and drawing his opponent out uh, just by baiting them sort of Um, and he could use more throwaways more force the gaps open rather than bait them open. Uh, but it is you know, he has insane accuracy, um and just really sharp power and um and yeah because he does not kidgeable, um his opponents throw at him, you know, Doc Bay would throw, would go at him um and uh He's just really yeah he's just really 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 good at hitting you much cleaner than you're hitting him like much much cleaner he's very accurate with his, left hand. his timing is great his, his positioning his movement is very very good um you know the, the commentators kept talking a little bit about oh he's off uh, he's out of position now um and Dogbe should go uh, should be going at him and just that seems like a fundamental misunderstanding of what of what he's doing of what cuban boxers do in general like um just compare him to Rigondeaux a little bit um, they're not particularly similar boxers but um, Rigo got knocked down a few times in his career um, almost always because he was a little bit off balance, like he'd take a risk and he'd be caught off balance and be knocked down, not particularly hurt but knocked down um, but opponents trying to chase those weaknesses would almost always get completely fucked up Um trying to get to those weaknesses because that's what he was doing He was taking risks and he knew that there were calculated risks there was a risk that he would get knocked down um, they were worth it him because again they weren't he wasn't being hurt in those moments and any opponent trying to find him in those moments was just getting wrecked and I think that was a, would have been the case here like dog bay isn't taking you know he's in the same kind of fighter but when he takes a step out of the side and gets off stance if you try to chase him when he's out of position in that way by the time you get to him, he'll be back in stance and unloading something at you. Um and you know, Dog Bay knew that full well. It just didn't make uh didn't make sense to me to suggest that Dog Bay should have just been hurling himself all in at uh Ramirez, that he would have got himself fucked up. Um I mean in in the sense that he had to do something, sure. Um, you know, maybe there was a point where you should have really let go um and accepted, you know, you're a boxer at some stage you have to accept that you might get knocked out. But it would have been demanding a whole different skill set, a whole new set of skills on the night. You know, once you'd seen him not do it a couple of times, it's just that, yeah. Um, Basically, Dog Bay, as game as he is, as much as he's improved, it just wasn't good enough for Ramirez, and he's a a little bit too small. Like, there was a big size advantage for Ramirez. I mean, Dog Bay is coming up divisions for this. Yeah, it was a one sided fight. It was just, you know, there's a lot more interesting than the Joshua fight because Dog Bay just has more to draw out of Ramirez. Like he was trying to win the whole time. Um, he was throwing punches the whole time. Um, yeah, Ramirez is you know at the top of the division. I will be very interested to, to see him against uh, Maxaya, not Maxaya, uh Figueroa or Vargas in this division. Both of them being you know pretty aggressive fighters. Uh, Figueroa, a very aggressive fighter. That should play into um, into uh, Rabece's hands. You know that is the sense in which. Dog Bay has kind of become more cautious. Uh, Figueroa is probably better than Dog Bay, but he's less cautious, and so he may he might get just get fucked up. But he may be able to overwhelm some of those defences. That's the kind of thing we won't find out until we find out. You know, it's too early to say. Um, I don't see the flaws in Robesio-Ramirez that would make me suggest that a concerted skill... You know, it would have to be a very skilled pressure fighter to... Um, get him to push himself consistently out of position. He's not kind of plant. He knows how to reset. He knows how to step back, slide back. That's the thing with him. He knows how to throw a punch, throw a punch, uh, slip, a punch slip a punch, slip a punch, and then as he's slipping the punches, his feet are sitting up for him to go somewhere else and be back in position. Uh, he knows how to get himself back in stance while under pressure. Um, so it's going to be very difficult for the really good pressure fighters to to get to him. The guy, obviously, obviously the guy who would be the real big threat is... Uh, um Stephen Fulton is almost certainly coming up to this way after he fights Inoue. Um and he you know if he's going after Inue then he's clearly not going to try going after a base of Ramirez, should that come up. Um uh, Fulton will be a danger to him. But I mean Figueroa and Vargas will be dangerous to him. I don't want to say he's gonna walk them, I don't even want to say it. I definitely think he's gonna win. Um but I do think their styles play into his hands, um probably. So yeah, Roberto Ramirez now one to watch. Isaac Dogbe, he's you know he's nowhere near done, uh, which you know after Navarrete he, he looked like he might be. He couldn't stay down at the way he was, but he was already small down there, and now he's moved up to featherweight. He's just really tiny, but, um, but he's imp- like I say, he's improving technically, and there are a lot of fighters that he'll give a t- give a tough time. So you know, this was for the, the WO belt by the way. Um, it was vacant, um, so R- Ramirez is now the champion. It's just a good division. It's a good division with good fighters in interesting to see where it goes okay that's really it's a short one today but um i'm not gonna you know that's it really for me um yeah uh, th- this weekend there is a fair bit going on should call stevenson making well he's a uh, sh- uh, lightweight uh this official debut at lightweight i can't even remember if he's had a fight since he missed weight yeah that makes me look really uh clever let me just quickly check uh what, where he's at uh, yeah, he hasn't fought since he fought Konsoisao, um in September, was it? Um, so, uh, or, yeah, since uh, he, saw, he fought Robinson Konsoisao in September, he missed weight. So um, he stripped off his title. He's now moving up tonight, weight officially. This is his debut at the weight against uh, Shuricho Shurichiro Yoshino, who's also unbeaten. I'm not familiar with him, really. I'll have to look him up Um it's unlikely to be good enough. You know, if he if he was good enough to really challenge of course Stevenson, um, I would be more familiar with him than I am, let me put it that way. But I can't say that for 100% certain. Um, you know, um, I will have to look that up before I uh, write my previews. But um, that's not the only fight happening this weekend. You also have Jesse Bam Rodriguez versus Christian Gonzalez, which is another one that Bam should be winning, but Gonzalez is no pushover. And then you've got... Uh, Sebastian Fedorov versus Brian Mendoza. Um, again, you know, pretty decent. And uh, Kenshiro Taraji, who was supposed to be fighting um, against uh, Jonathan Gonzalez, one of the other champions at the weight, and that would have been excellent. You know, that one, for me would probably have been the best fight this month. Um, but sadly, Gonzalez had. Uh, I think he yes, got sick. Uh, in any case, uh, he had to pull out, and they replaced him with Anthony Olascuaga who is a five and a flyweight um coming down to the light fly to fight this fight on short notice um you know clearly a huge step up um i'm not familiar with Olescuaga. i have heard good things and he you know he is unbeaten and i've heard good things and he clearly is being moved quite fast um you know his his fifth fight was a 10 rounder um but he's... Yeah, he's taking a big step up in both competition. Well, he's taking a step down in weight, but a big step up in competition. That'll be interesting. You know, you you, you never completely know... Uh, you know, last year we saw Bam come out of, come from nowhere, so I can't say never. But, um, yeah, it, it's a big, big, big step up in competition for him. So, yeah. But, you know, it's a busy weekend. Um, I will be aiming for previews. It is Easter weekend, so I won't be doing any competition on the weekend. But, um but I should, you know, should hopefully have previews up, and then I will see you again this time next week. Uh, I, you can find me on Twitter at Crafty Boxing. You know, so long as Twitter before Twitter collapses, follow the fight site on the uh, the fight site. Join our Patreon. Follow all of our writers. You know, all of that good stuff. And I, uh, I'll see you next time.